Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 8-11 on LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 25 minutes till we'll be uh, visiting with John Bishop. Uh, he's going to join us. We'll talk College World Series. He'll be covering that in the coming days, Husker stuff and more. So we've got that. Uh, and by the way, we're already getting a whole lot of texts in on Request Line Friday after we announced that this week is going to be songs that remind you of dads. So there you go with that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting a lot of them in. I would recommend get them in earlier rather than later if you want to be sure to hear more than five seconds of your song because uh, these are typically very busy days. And so we've got that coming up as well. But right now it is time to talk to the mayor of Lincoln, Lyrian Gaylor Baird. Uh, mayor, Good morning. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Jack. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. It's been a busy week of news. I want to start with the uh, vote that uh, the city council had on what's widely known as, as the fairness ordinance and uh, the decision to rescind it. Um, you know, from the first council vote on this to the second one, obviously some minds changed about something about going forward with this you obviously had the signature drive in the meantime and so enough city council members minds were changed about whether to go forward with this now to make that vote and have it be rescinded i'm curious has your the has the intervening circumstances changed your mind on uh, on anything about the fairness ordinance well, no, I mean, here's the main thing is that I think the majority of the council and the majority of people in our community really want to see there be a community in Lincoln that is free from discrimination, and we want to make sure everyone can enjoy equal opportunity um, and a true sense of belonging and, and have great recourse if they are facing discrimination. That has not changed. That is a consistent value that we share um, What's unfortunate in Lincoln, um, which is different from the situation in Omaha, who does, which does have a fairness ordinance on the books, uh, is that we have this you know, petition process that has an incredibly low threshold for nullifying city council ordinances. So while the city council did pass this in a very affirmative vote, uh, it doesn't take many signatures to put some of that in limbo. Um, so I think, you know, this, the council reevaluated what they were prepared to do going forward, because I think generally speaking, none of us think it's a great idea to be voting on people's human rights. Um, so, so here we are. So, but I mean, I, I, I don't know how you go forward and mm -hmm. avoid that necessarily, mm -hmm. because my guess is if you would, even if it was tweaked, and I think there are probably ways that the, it could be tweaked to, to make it a, a little bit mm -hmm. more palatable to people who didn't like it, but isn't that going to come up any time that you try to do something like this at a city level? And, and if so, if that's a policy, you don't want to vote on something like this, mm -hmm. is it ever have any opportunity of coming up again, at least as far as you're concerned? I mean, I think it does have an opportunity. I think that probably all the supporters are reevaluating the best, most strategic path forward at this point. Are there, I, I guess you know, my only other question is, like, I, I read it, I, I compared it to, you know, what the what the federal laws that exist right now, I compared it to with what Omaha has, and I would say, at, at least my position was, it was somewhat more, uh, it was a little more broad uh, mm -hmm. than, than what Omaha has. I think it was a little less clear about what the religious exemptions mean in some cases, 
it has the bathroom stuff in there, which you know is is mm-hmm. is particularly was something that that ha- got a lot of pe- people motivated to oppose this. Is there? I mean, is there some kind of a possibility to? kind of sit down and and tweak it and rewrite it in a way where perhaps something where there isn't as much opposition to it and it 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 doesn't end up going to uh, another petition drive. Well, I mean, I think that is a, a key question going forward, and I don't know what the council's plans are in terms of updates uh, to Title 11 at this point. It's obviously very fresh news, and, and you're right, there were broader protections in there. There was important updates. Um, Title 11 had this Part of our code that deals with discrimination hadn't been updated for many, many years, and protections for veterans were included, for instance. Um, it, so, so I, I think you know that is a discussion that we have to have. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it seemed like a lot of it, a lot of the talk of it talked about a fairly narrow part of it. Would maybe important to some people, but there was a lot of it that seemed less controversial, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just wonder if there can be conversation on on those parts and you're, you're going to get less opposition on that. But nonetheless, I, I guess the only other question I have is, is, is as far as your because I heard some voices from the affected community um, uh, people, especially um, in in the LGBT community, basically saying we we don't want this at this point. And I don't know if that gets mm-hmm. to what you were saying with with you don't want to put human rights to, uh, to a vote. But there were I think there was some concern about the impact that that would have and the reaction that that would have. Is that is that what you were talking about when you talked about putting to a vote or had you heard any of that? I mean, well, that is part of it. I mean, uh, the fact that we had a member of our community commit suicide, the fact that this issue is um, is really being used as part of political warfare in our country right now, instead of, you know, focusing on the humanity and dignity and respect that we need to afford all of our community members. It's being tossed around in gubernatorial primaries and elections, um, and it's really bullying trans kids in our in our country, and it's a terrible thing to witness, and it is a, definitely a part of the the analysis that has to be done when you weigh the costs and benefits of of proceeding with a vote on human rights. Well, and that sorry, I said that was my last quote. But is there any? I mean, is there any discussion to be had then with with people on opposite sides of this issue who are influential, city council, mm-hmm. you, um, and and you know those who have been outspoken against it and and who are behind a petition drive? Is there mm-hmm. is there room for discussion and compromise on this? We don't want to compromise on people's human rights. <laughs> I mean, that I think there's a fundamental disagreement about, you know, the fact that opponents uh, don't honor the full humanity of folks in the LGBTQ community and uh, supporters of Title 11 and fairness do. Yeah. Okay, um, Mayor. L- l- I want to get. I want to save some time uh, for for budget discussions as well as uh, you released yeah. your proposed budget as well i get. i guess just uh, let's start kind of generally i mean well first of all this is biennium right and it that had Mm -hmm. been changed that you there had been single years in in the years prior correct how did that how did that change kind of getting back to the normal process impact how you looked at this process well it feels good to be getting back to more familiar ways um we obviously um broke apart the biennial budget into two annual budgets to try to deal with the economic uncertainty surrounding the pandemic. Uh, You know, we were having to forecast revenues in really uncertain times. Um, Getting back on track with a two-year budget helps us think more long-term and helps us think about how we're going to reinvest our our revenue and, and, you know, 
take the, the benefits of the growth of our community and reinvest them in infrastructure and services so that we can continue to grow a safe and successful city. And that's what this budget is focused on. It's focused on growing a safe and successful city. And I'm really proud of the fact that uh, the way our community responded, the way our health team and our partners in the medical community and, and, um, and all across our community, across sectoral partners, the way we responded, mobilizing our community to be safe, helping our businesses operate safely, really, really helped us rebound, um, not only, you know, in, from the, the virus, but also economically. And so we are using our successes as being one of the safest communities to uh, to, uh, to propel Lincoln forward for the next two years. Well, yeah, and, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I know you, you know, in your message along with this, you talked about protecting the health and safety of all Lincoln families, reading mm-hmm. from it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, five pl- additional police officers, three civilian employees, uh, dispatchers for 911s, firefighters, paramedics, those those okay. sorts of things, public health nurses that go along with that as well. Is that, I mean, is that a normal level of growth from what you've seen in the past in these budgets? Is this more ambitious than that? And and um, yeah. and then I guess the other question that goes along with it is, are, are you able to get people to do these things? Uh, right. That goes along with it as well. I'm, I'm just curious about that generally. Right. Well, public safety is our top priority. And so you have seen my administration continue to add police officers to our budgets. Um, five is sort of the typical annual amount that helps us keep pace with the growth of the city. But we are, you know, beefing up uh, our police department because we do have uniformed officers performing civilian duties right now. And we want to we want to make sure that we can maximize the number of officers who are available to take shifts on the street uh, and dispatch. You know, our call volumes can continue to grow every year as the city gets bigger. Um, a lot of those calls are for, you know, medical assistance. So so growing our firefighter paramedic team is really important as well so that we can make sure we have, um, you know, we can continue to have a reasonable workload for those important emergency responders and, and have good response times for the community. So I would say that, you know, that, that, that we are on track when it comes to public safety response and, um, and adding public health nurses is this is a new initiative in this case to try to provide home health visitation for newborns and their mothers. We know that we when we prevent, um, you know, do good preventative work on the front end, we can avoid costs on the back end. So that this is a very much about helping our young ones have a good start in life, um, so that they are school ready, healthy, and and eventually can be a part of the workforce. Because yes, we need more people in the workforce, and we are facing those challenges just like any other organization and in our city and state and, and country at this moment. It's, uh, it is nice to be talking about a property tax rate decrease instead mm-hmm. of um, an increase, mm-hmm. which we've, I've talked about with, with mayors and their budgets in, in the previous years. On, on, on the other hand, the reality is, and you know this too, that, that valuations have increased significantly. And, and this is even before you're, you know, you were, you were mm-hmm. the mayor on this whole thing. How, how meaningful do you think this property tax cut that, that you are asking for here in this budget will actually be for the people who are listening right now? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm proud of this budget, and we're pleased to be able to offer a property tax rate cut of $1.2 million, and we can do that because we have a growing economy, and we've got this record-setting pace of of private development in our community, and, and because we are working efficiently at the city, um, this is a meaningful tax cut. I mean, we do not anticipate a revaluation for residential in this first year of the budget, so uh, all the dollars going back to our residents uh, are, are, are going back into their pocketbooks, and and so, you know, this is a this is a true cut. 
Caleb is planning to protest the valuation of my home. He thinks it's too low because I built a new deck. Please don't share that with anyone. I, I don't think anybody should hear it. I'm going to be okay. calling Rob out again after this. It's, I mean, it's a nice deck, Mayor, but it's not that nice, okay? So let's all, let's everyone calm hey, down. Hey, don't I, cut yourself short. You have held okay. multiple parties there. It is held up. No, it's it's just fine. It, the parties were gold-plated. The, the parties were fine. The food wasn't that good. You know, I wouldn't go... I wouldn't go overboard, and you know I'm not I'm not curing what's ail you know ailing in the city budgets with my dad. You are okay? a certified carpenter at this stop point. It. I saw you that can work. Stop that! I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I'm just terrible at that. Um, Jack, what what song is going on on your family's playlist, reminding them of you? Uh, I, that's a good question. That's a good. They get mad because I'm in. They mainly don't like my music, Mayor. So <laughs> they like they're mad because I'm in a yacht rock phase right now. So you know Love it's it. it's a lot of Kenny Loggins, a lot of Michael. McDonald's, a lot of Steely Dan. Little River Band, maybe? Little River Band gets in there a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Pablo Cruz. They're not fans of that. <laughs> and so they get upset when I do that. And so, but, but trying to find music or television or movies for a family uh, with mom and dad, a 17-year-old and an 11-year-old is nearly impossible that everybody can agree on. If you can get three out of four, it's good. We were all in the basement last night at 11 p.m. watching Modern Family while we waited out the store. <laughs> so there's one that we've, we've managed to find in our family. Congra- I mean, good. that's good. Right? I'm glad you guys yeah. have been able to find one because we yeah. we really haven't. Uh, hey, hey, last but not least, I, I do want to ask. I've got listeners that ask me uh, every time and, you know, we report on the COVID risk dial and they say, why are we continuing to do this thing? Is this thing going away at some point? Does it need to go away? Can you answer that question? Why continue to do it? And, and how long will that continue to be a thing? Right. Well, we all want this pandemic to be over. The reality is it's not. And what I want to emphasize is that right now we don't have restrictions on our community members or businesses. So what we can provide is up-to-date, real-time information about sort of the status of the outbreaks in the, in the community. And so we will continue to provide that information because it allows our community members to make decisions. You know, there are still people who are immunocompromised. There are still people who are too young or ineligible for vaccinations. And so they need information about, you know, precautions they may want to consider if they're in a crowded indoor space. And so we will continue to put that information out there for them and to let people know about the ongoing clinics we're doing for vaccines and boosters. We've got new, you know, opportunities for younger children, and we're going to be expanding those vaccination clinics uh, for booster doses at local schools all next week. So, yes, we will continue so, to help people make informed decisions that protect them. I mean, is it fair families. to say it's, it's, I mean, it's basically public information. It's not something that's largely shaping policy at this point now. I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand with the vaccinations and those sorts of things, but I, I feel like people don't quite uh, quite gra- yeah, I, I, the the public information thing makes a lot of sense. But yeah. um, is there any is there any other impact whether we're in yellow, low yellow, or mid yellow, for instance? Right. Well, right at this point, we're just putting out that information so people can make smart choices and letting them know about the clinics. Um, there are no policy changes that are that are going into effect that are reacting to the yellow on the dial. So, it, you know, we're steady state. We're we're pleased with the success we've had in vaccinating uh, so many members of our community. But you know, it'd be nice to continue to make some progress there so we can keep Lincoln safe and protect our businesses and and all the students coming back for school. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The I, the burgers were overdone a little bit. The drink I didn't get enough ice for the the cooler, and so I, the drinks all got warm. So just please keep that in mind. You know when you when you're talking to the assessor, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mayor. I appreciate your time.
All right. Take care. Mary Thank Lirian, you. Mary Lirian and Gaylor Baird. 826 on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN.